Morning. All right. Thanks for being here. Happy fall, y'all. In a, in, a, in the New England accent. It's time for some chowder, boys. Let's get some. <laughs> uh, it's wicked good. Um, so, <laughs> go go Red Sox. Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so anyways, uh, good morning to you. I want to thank you all for being here. And um, very excited about today. Uh, before we get going, all right, there's a sheet in the middle of the table. I'd ask that everyone grab one. Hopefully you got enough. If not, play eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Or pass it along. There's also pens in the middle of the table. If everybody grab a pen, that would be great. The part that says your name optional, I don't know who put optional on that. So we're going to ever put their name. So, a couple things. <clears throat> Actually, this was given by, uh, does everybody remember Todd Michaels? Came and spoke to us, three, uh, 315 Project. Um, so he had provided this, but actually, I wanted to make sure that we, uh, uh, it was ironic, um, because it was something along the lines I was doing. So, <clears throat> what I'd like you to do, first question, okay? Would you be willing to share your story if given the opportunity to help? Yes or no? Please answer. Next one is why or why not? If you answered yes, you would answer the why. Uh, no, why not? Now, if you could, please provide two adjectives that best describe how you feel about the idea of sharing your story. And then lastly, what do you think would be the most difficult part of the process? Okay. The last part says comments slash questions. What I want you to put in there is, if you would be, so this is something that uh, we put together for Todd, but it's something I want to use as well. Um, we have speakers planned through the rest of the year, but I'm starting to put together a schedule for next year. And um, I would like to know, would you be willing to share with the RUMC men's group, if you haven't already? Kenny Trigg, they've said you are not allowed back. <laughs> so if you're willing to share, let me know. All right, can I get a captain at each one of the tables to uh, round those up, please? And then bring him over next to John Sharp. <laughs> All right, good deal. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, awesome. So we've been. Um, so you'll see we've got uh, we've got our calendar. We got our dates for the upcoming um, upcoming meetings. Uh, please uh, please take one of those and, and pass it all. Um, Pass along. Please, please consider inviting a friend to join us. Um, we'd always, uh, we're always, always welcoming, um, always welcoming new members. So, well, we've been studying, um, in Foundations this year, we've been studying the book of Acts. And it's been, uh, it's been a fantastic study, uh, so far. We're only, uh, I think six chapters into it. And it's amazing, you know, we're learning a lot about the early church. We're learning a lot about witnessing, and um, you know, recent, and we're seeing that how God uses lives that gets transformed um, to draw others close to Him. And we're seeing, we're learning a lot about the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, how the Holy Spirit can do amazing and wonderful things. Um, and so it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a good study. 
anyways, I share that because, you know, the other thing that we're learning is, you know, you know, hopefully, and hopefully you, you know, you've already filled out your survey, so um, if there's something you reconsider, you know, you can certainly let me know, but, you know, we're called to teach and preach, every one of us, and to share share the good news about what the Holy Spirit's doing in our own lives, and, uh, uh, and uh, I, I just pray that uh, regardless of how you answer, you'll, you'll consider, um, you know, letting other people know how your, how your life has been touched, so... With that, I'm gonna uh, got a good friend of mine, um, Patrick Furlong is gonna be leading us today. Uh, Patrick's been uh, is uh, the president of our foundation Sunday school class, so I want to thank they're the members of the class who were able to make it this morning. Um, uh, you know, he's uh, it's he's um, really stepped up over the last uh, you know over the last year in terms of um, and especially this fall in terms of really encouraging people uh, to. Um, uh, to do life together, you know, and I think that's one of the messages that he has shared and has been trying to pull the, uh, pull our class closer together in terms of, um, making sure that we're encouraging one another, that we're doing life together, um, that we're serving other people together. And, um, you know, he's really, uh, he's really been on fire, uh, lately. So, um, with with that, I'd like to introduce my good friend Pat Patrick, and um, look forward to hearing what uh, he has to share with us today. So, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Where was this like a month ago? I guess it's too late for that. All right, from the surface, it looks like I've got everything together, right? Got great friends, nice house, nice cars, money in the bank, healthy kids, beautiful wife, right? So if I've got all these things, why do I need a Savior? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Just a little background, just to kind of get you up to speed with me. Um, I was born in Gainesville, okay? And we moved to Roswell when I was about six months old. Um, we lived on the lake, and, like, it really wasn't a great place to raise a young family. So we moved down to Roswell and, and lived there pretty much my whole, I guess, young adult or adolescent youth part of my life, if you will. So... Um, I went to High Meadows. I don't know if anybody knows where that is in Cobb County. So I went there, started school there. Then I went to Roswell North in third grade after we moved. Then I went to Crabapple. I went to Roswell High. And then I went to UGA. So, um, go dogs. That's right. Um, while at UGA, I met my wife, Carrie. Uh, it was our senior year. I'd been a pretty much a degenerate the whole college career going out and partying and all that so it was nice to finally find someone that I could uh you know really see myself you know living with for the rest of my life um two years after college we got uh we got married I lived in Marietta for about 10 years uh moved back to Roswell actually this past January so it was really cool um we joined the church about eight years ago and started kind of planting our roots here, and I just had this calling. I just I wanted to go back to Roswell. I had such great memories growing up here. I remember riding my bike to the corner grocery and get a slush puppy, and just little, just great little memories. You know, playing sports at Roswell Park and all that. So I really wanted to get back, and she agreed to it. Um, we moved to uh, Brookfield Country Club, and that's been just an absolute blessing with all the young families we've met. Some of them are here today, so thanks for getting up, guys. Appreciate it. So it's been really nice just kind of doing what Tim said, just doing life together, you know. Um, that's one thing I really just cherish in my life is just the relationships that, that I've been able to develop over the years. Um, they're just absolutely priceless to me. So 
We've got three kids. We've got a seven-year-old. His name's Fletcher. We've got a five-year-old, Jocelyn, and then our, our youngest is three. His name's Heath. And uh, Dr. Long's, uh, he's baptized all of them. So um, we're members of, like Tim said, we're members of the Foundation Sunday School class, and really enjoy and really enjoy that and all the fellowship there. Um, I work in the mortgage business. I've been doing it for about 13 years, so it's been it's been up and down, as you can imagine. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why I like really enjoy it. It's kind of weird. So I'm kind of doing what I think God kind of put me put me on earth to do from a from a I guess a job perspective. Um, that's kind of like a high level overview of my background. What I want to do is I want to talk about this whole idea of brokenness. And this, um, guys, I, I hate to break it to you, like I'm I'm broken. I, I mean, deep down, I'm broken. Right from the surface, I check all the boxes. I'm thinking. I think a lot of y'all can kind of agree with me on or kind of empathize with me and uh, understand where I'm coming from. Um, but I'm broken inside. You know, growing up, we grew up with my mom's from Colombia, South America. Okay, and so predominantly everybody there's Catholic. Okay, so that was kind of like our attempt at religion growing up. The problem with that, and I don't know if I was just a, didn't was just a complete dummy growing up, but it's it just seemed like to me it was a lot of just like checking the boxes, right? You go like confirmation, you go here, you go there. Whoops, this thing on. that is on. Okay, um, but I never understood this whole idea of a relationship. You know, um, I remember I went to confession one time in eighth grade and. I went in there. It was super awkward. There's a stranger right next to me, and I told him like all these. I confessed all my sins, and then as soon as I walked out, I had to say like three or four prayers, and then I was forgiven. I was like, "All right, this is uh, I cannot, this is great." Let's do the cycle again. <laughs> I remember I was telling my friend, I was like. I've never, and he'd been before. He's like, yeah, isn't this awesome? I was like, it really is. <laughs> um, so growing up, like the true, kind of the um, true definition of success, just based on my upbringing was, was like material possessions, status, right? So it was this, um, it was like this false, like uh, false, like foundation that had been established. Um, and I think that's why kind of growing up once in my, you know, adult career, I think that's why I've always tried to overachieve is that I've just in the back of my mind, I've kind of got that, that I've got to kind of work hard. I've got to overachieve. I've got to do everything I possibly can to, uh, you know, to live up to my potential, if you will. Um, the problem with that is that overachieving, that can become your God. And uh, it's a, you know, it's not a good place to be. Um, like I said, I know I still struggle with this from time to time, but um, I feel like finally I'm living a life that God's kind of designed me designed me to be and designed me to do. Um, I need I need God in my life. Through Jesus Christ, I've been forgiven of all my sins. Um, I feel like a tremendous amount of weight's been taken off my shoulders. Um, you know, it's, a, it's amazing what a little truth will do in your life. And like me getting up here, I know some of you, some of you I don't. I know I'll get to know you guys at some point in the future. But it's nice just kind of bringing to light certain things about, you know, about my, my story, if you will. Um, all right, so next thing I want to talk about is God has a plan, Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about a few major events in my life that I think have really kind of shaped me. Okay. Um, so we, we moved to Roswell. We lived there for a while and then financial, we started getting some financial problems probably around middle school or so. And so that started being kind of the, everything started kind of going down, right? Remember, we put, we put a lot of, uh, a lot of importance on, you know, status, possessions. Well, what happens when that starts to dwindle down? Where do you turn to? You know, you're lost. Um, so my freshman year of, of high school, 
there was a uh, like a youth retreat at Barry College, and um, I was invited with some friends, and we went up there, and I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I figured we'd go up there, play some like outdoor games or whatever, but um, I accepted Christ in my life that weekend. Um, it really introduced me to the gospel and just really helped me understand that God is holy, God is fair, and that he sent his son to earth to die on the cross to forgive me of my sins. And I remember feeling, I remember going back to school that Monday, feeling such a tremendous amount of weight being lifted off my shoulders. I felt like I could finally kind of walk through the halls with my head held high um, and just starting to kind of just be comfortable with who I am. Um, you know, as this was a time in my life, we had, like I said, some financial stuff going on. It was kind of difficult for me. And we live in Roswell, so it's not like we live in the slums. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, there's a, there's a, it's easy to get into a comparison trap. You know, with, with other families and stuff like that and start to question why things aren't, aren't fair and all that. Um, now keeping this fire alive, that would be, that would be my challenge. All right. Freshman year, I'm all gun ho, you know. Um, you know, it's, uh, it would be a challenge. All right. So year after that, um, we were renting a house in, in Roswell and we had to move out. We couldn't afford the rent, um, or any of the bills. So we had to move out. And this was, this was like probably the first big storm I've had to go through. Um, you know, once again, living in Roswell or just seeing other people whose, you know, parents are able just to have the basics to, you know, pay the house payment, have electricity, right? Hot water, stuff like that. You would think, um, like everybody's entitled to that. Um, we had nowhere to go. So I ended up going and living with, uh, with my friend and his family for about two months. And it's, um, David and Carolyn Sonnenberg, I don't know if some of y'all know them or not, but just absolute, um, two of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. And I, I owe them a lot to uh, me being a man and um, just going through life. So I, they hold a very special place in my heart. Um, living with them was like the first time I really experienced community in a family. You know, we'd have dinner together at night and just everybody was you know kind of pleasant, supporting each other. I didn't have that growing up. So this was this was new to me, right? It was like God was just putting a little glimpse of, hey, this is this is some greatness, you know. Um, my parents, on the other hand, would go live with friends for a couple weeks, and they would move from friend to friend, and uh, I mean, probably overdid their welcome, and you know. Um, so this went on for about two months, and then finally we're able to get an apartment, um, and we're finally finally came together as a family, and um, like this was this was tough for me. This was hard with, um, you know, the year before I accepted Christ in my life. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, this isn't fair. Like, like, like what have I, like, what have I done? Um, and so it was, it was tough for me to deal with that. You know, the year before I accepted Christ and I remember praying, just getting on my hands and knees and praying and be like, Lord, please just, please make this better. I didn't even know what to pray for. <laughs> I just prayed for anything that would be better than what I was going through. Um, and this kind of made me a little insecure, you know? Um, so that was, you know, that was, a, that was tough. Um, however, through high school, as part of a youth group that, you know, some of the guys that we, that went on that Berry College trip with me, we were part of a youth group. And, um, I think that really helped me just kind of stay grounded with just being surrounded by other, by other young men that were, you know, passionate about Christ. Like one of them right here, Jason Sather, my very dear friend. And, um, it was just, it was just nice. It was like our little, we were okay with kind of going against the grain. We all played sports, you know. We were pretty good about not, you know, being party animals or whatever, <laughs> trying to hold each other accountable. Um, so, and that group of guys, like I still, they are my 
closest of closest friends. I mean, we get together about once a year when we can. We go up to the mountains, just have a little guys retreat, kind of reconnect. And um, it's amazing. We pick off where we left off. Um, but the great part of that is that it's this foundation of what we have, just all wanting to follow Jesus Christ and just remembering that. And um, So after high school, you know, we graduated. Some of us went to UGA. Others went to other, other schools to play sports and stuff like that. Um, this would this was probably the beginning of the fall for for your free boy over here. <laughs> Got to college, there's a lot of temptation. Um, you know, college for me was it was a chance to press reset. It was a chance to kind of be whoever I wanted to be, right? Um, and what really helped me with doing that was alcohol. <clears throat> I mean, it was you know, it's I understand I'm a, there's this insecure guy from Roswell going to Athens, right? I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to, you know, trying to reset my life here. And I'm like, well, I'm still kind of insecure. And, you know, I kind of started drifting away from the gospel. And I was like, well, hey, at least if I get hammered, people, <laughs> everyone will kind of, at least I'll think they, uh, you know, like me for who I am. Um, occasionally I'd go to a Bible a Bible study. I was a Lambda Chi at Georgia, and we'd have a Bible study in the uh, in, in the room. And I remember going from, like, my room in the fraternity house down to the Bible study. And then we'd have Bible study. And it was like, it reminded me of being, like, being Catholic. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly what I need. <laughs> then the problem was, you know, that was, like, at 6 o'clock. But then at, like, 10 o'clock, we're, like, downtown. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, this is a vicious cycle. Um, in my senior year of college, I met my wife, Carrie. We, had, we were both marketing majors. And um, I knew she was special from the moment I met her. Um I've never really been able to, I've had like girl. I'd like dated girls or whatever, but I mean, if anyone ever went to college, it was more like kind of, I don't know, kind of superficial, right? This was the first time I ever felt like a connection with somebody. She had a heart of gold and still does. She was sincere and she's super direct. She wouldn't sugarcoat anything. And like, that's what I needed, right? Once again, God gave me a little glimpse of some, you know, some, some greatness. It's like somebody just speaking the truth to me. Um, <clears throat> Her and I have been extremely blessed with just having a roadmap for a successful marriage. Uh, my mother and father-in-law are two of the best people on earth. Um, anyone who's ever met them, I mean, they just have hearts of gold. They're the most selfless people I've ever met. And they've really, once again, given us a little glimpse. God gave us a glimpse of greatness with just understanding how to love each other and um, how to serve others and just how to just be a good person. And through everything that we've been through, they've always shown us unconditional love and just unbelievable grace. Um, about nine years ago, I got a DUI. Um, this Two days after that, we found out we were expecting our first child, Fletcher. And it was tough. Um, it, was just, it was tough to deal with. I, I had literally gotten to the point where I just kind of threw my hands up. And I was like, God, I can't, this is not me. I, this, this can't be who I was designed to be. Um, I couldn't hide my guilt. I was like a prisoner. I was like, I was like stuck in my own prison. I could not shake it off. I could not, I couldn't find, I couldn't even, I didn't even know what grace was. I was so stuck in this guilt mode that, I mean, it was, it was tough. I was constantly reminded of it just every day. Um, thanks, Jay. Is that Angry Birds? Trying to meet in my story too. All right. Um, I'm just very grateful that no one got hurt that night. Okay, I didn't hurt anybody else. 
had I hurt myself, um, it, it could have been a lot worse. Okay, um, my family could be a lot different now. Remember, that was our first child. We have three. Okay, um, I experienced extreme grace from my wife Carrie. Okay, I had, I mean, it was just feeling loved and being loved when you absolutely don't deserve it. You know that that was that was amazing. She was upset, rightfully so. But she knew, she knew deep down, this is not the guy that God, you know, God wanted me to be and had designed me to be. And this was something that I tried to, I tried to hide. Once again, I was ashamed. You know, I had some friends, and he's right there. I, Jason has been almost like a spiritual mentor to me, you know, in like my adult life, and uh, I was ashamed to tell him about it. Um, but it's like once I brought this, you know, once I kind of brought this to light. And just surrendered it, um, you know, along with just drinking in general. It's um, that's when I really felt God's forgiveness. I don't think my issue was with my issue or my dad's issue or my or his dad's issue was with with alcohol. I think it was just with being accepted for who we are. Um, I didn't realize that that there was a life out there without alcohol where I could have fun and um, and do great things. Um, I truly believe that God has designed each of us to be great people, and um, you know I think it's I think sometimes we can we can choose to kind of go against that, but I think deep down I think he, I think we know what He calls us to do. Um, you know God has just blessed me with ridiculous redemption. Um, like I couldn't I can't imagine my life right now. I I couldn't even have like dreamt of having the kind of life I have right now. And I really think it's not about Patrick, it's not about Carrie, it's about God just slapped me around and said, Hey Patrick, this is who we want you to be. And 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 I finally just kind of came to terms with, hey, drinking's not for me, right? I'm kind of a all or nothing kind of guy. I kind of go all in or all out, right? And the same thing was no different with that. But this new life that I've been able to find is just it's awesome. I mean it's you know, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. Um, you know, I have friends that you know, I'm not like the Debbie Downer when we're at a social event and other people are drinking. I, you know, but I just, I'm, I'm finally comfortable with like my design, like the design that God has for me. I'm finally comfortable with that. Um, so why do I need a savior? I need to experience faith and grace. Okay. I need to have the strength to show grace to others. Okay. Just like God has shown me. Um, this one, uh, this one Bible verse I want to read, or a couple of them. It's Matthew seven twenty four through twenty seven. It's uh, the wise and foolish builders, and it goes: Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built this house on this rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its own foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with great crash. Guys, I just went over some of the storms I had in my life, right? Um, I look back, and there's no way I could have gotten through all those storms without God being in my life, okay? God, I firmly believe God has been watching out for me. And um, I'm grateful that I've experienced some of the hardships I had, I'm so grateful for it. It helps me appreciate what I'm what I've been blessed with. Um, I'm thankful for all the different people he's put in my life, the relationships I have, and it's taught me a lot about myself 
in my relationship with Jesus Christ. So storms are going to happen in our lives. The question is, will we be ready? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for um, thank you for the men in this room. Thank you for storms, Lord. Thank you for um, what appear to be the most overwhelming, unimaginable storms that we go through in our life. But Lord, if we just trust in you and just have faith, we just know that you'll get us through it. Lord, I just pray for this group of men. Um, I pray for those that weren't able to be here and ask for all this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Patrick. It was a great, you know, at the beginning we were asking, I was asking each one of you to be willing to tell you a story. And, um, you know, one of the things that I love about uh, about this group and I just love about every month when we come here is everyone's got a different story. Everyone tells it in a different way. And uh, and uh, it's just really inspiring to see God at work in the, men, in the lives of the men of the church. So I think that's fantastic. And Patrick, I really appreciate uh, your uh, heartfelt uh, and uh, transparent um, sharing of your story. So thank you very much. Um, we have a few minutes. Uh, so Mike asked a question on, um, if you're in church on Sunday, um, Mike asked a question, and um, I believe it was, where where, where are you now? And, um, you know, I got uh, uh, in... And, uh, and he was talking about in your relationship with God. He said, where are you now? And it was interesting. So I, we had communion and, um, uh, I'll share just real quick two things I thought, uh, really good. And then I'll ask, uh, maybe if we can spend some time, just five, ten minutes talking about that around the table, if you're willing to share that. But so I had, uh, uh, he had asked that question. Then we had gone, had communion and after communion, I nailed down to pray. And, and the song that kept, came to my, uh, uh, it was a song that came to me as I was kneeling, and it was, um, I'm not going to sing it, I know y'all want to hear me sing it, but, uh, uh, but it's, uh, it's a song that goes, it's, uh, there's no, there's no place I'd rather be, there's no place I'd rather be, but here in your love, here in your love, and that was the one, it was like, just boom, on me, you know, um, when I knelt down and prayed and was thinking about that, um, um, uh, that song and, and the reason I share that is a couple things is one you know when I hear a story like Patrick's and I come here and I spend time with you I feel like I'm in his love you know I, I feel like when we're when we're here right now we're here in his love and I hope you feel that same way um, then the other one is I was uh, doing an interview yesterday we're uh, uh, at Kings Ridge we're in the process of uh, hiring a new headmaster and uh so I was interviewing the candidate yesterday and and asked him a question um about uh you know what he's been praying for and and um why he thinks that you know this particular opportunity might be an answer to his prayer and and he said you know one of the things I've been uh he said and I was I just loved his answer and it tied into Mike's sermon he said he goes I'm uh I've just been praying about I want to be I want to go wherever I can be closest to God. He said, so when I, when, when I wake up in the morning, one of my prayers is, is that, God, I want to be with you today. Take me to where you are. And I thought that was a great, it, when he, when he was talking about that, it brought me back to Mike's sermon on, uh, on Sunday. So 
if we will, we'll take uh, five to ten minutes, and if you'd uh, just spend some time at the table talking um, talking with with the friends at the table about where where are you, where are you now, where are you now, and um, and also if there's anything that you want to reflect on uh, with regards to Patrick's story today, I appreciate that. So, and then I'll dismiss us in a few. Thanks. All right, guys. Hey, uh, that was awfully great that James Stickles signed up for uh, the. Uh, yeah, that's good. So uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, on the 315, uh, some, some, some folks not to be named, uh, signed up people that weren't here. So, uh, <laughs> hey man, there's a price to be paid, you don't show up a men's group. And I'm turning it in, baby, I'm turning it in. <laughs> oh, what a cast of characters we have here. Um, alright, let's give it up for Patrick once again. Um, thank you so much for being here. I hope you had as good a discussion at your table as we had at ours, and uh, God is good. So let me uh, just close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Um, thank you so much for this time that we had together. Thank you so much for Patrick and, and for his, um, you know, uh, courage in, in sharing his story. And Lord, we, uh, we thank you for all that you've done in his life, and we pray that you'll continue to bless his and uh, let him continue to be an encouragement to all the men in the church. And uh, Lord, pre- please bring us all back here together next month. And um, uh, bless our day as we go forth uh, loving loving you and loving others. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.